0: Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. Today I have a special guest with us. Her name is Miss Wendy Spate Bragg. I think I hopefully I said it correctly. You did. She is going to share, oh my God, an amazing story of survival and strength and fortitude and everything in between. I'm just going to let her tell us her story so miss wendy thank you so much i can't thank you enough for accepting this for accepting to go along on this journey with me i, I, I run out of words because i'm just i just get so emotional thank you so much for agreeing to share your story with the world and i'm going to let you take it away so could you just maybe introduce yourself again if i did something wrong and just kind of tell us your story
1: Okay, my name is uh, Wendy Spath Bragg and I am uh, married now for 12 years to my current husband and I had three failed marriages before that, Um, although I don't know that I can really say that they failed. They simply um, didn't end in death, (laughs) which I, I have an issue with that being the only measure of a successful relationship is that one partner dies at the end. That strikes me as a little odd.
0: Oh yeah, because it's said till death do us part, I get it now.
1: Yeah, well I'll sometimes it. it just doesn't really work out that way and I could mm. either leave or compound my error and make everyone miserable. Um, but my, my depression started when I was um, about in preschool. And that's where I first remember feeling very isolated from my peers and um, I I wasn't fitting in. Uh, I didn't understand them. I didn't understand social cues at all. I didn't understand a lot of what everyone else kind of took for granted as being um, obvious. And it continued on on all the way until I was in my 30s before I began to figure things out. We're clearly not going to cover all of that in 30 minutes.
0: I know that's right.
1: (laughs) I thought that I might touch on um, some of the more prominent highlights between preschool and um, about third grade, which is a division point for me because that's when I changed um, from one elementary school to another, was between third and fourth grade. So we started out in preschool, and with the cousins, and the family, and the kids, and the whole... Um, I felt a bit like an afterthought, oh. um, Like a tag along. And like I wasn't really wanted there. And when mm-hmm. I look back at the family pictures, that's clearly not true. <laughs> okay, I have many, many pictures from when I was a, a child that age. And um, clearly, I, I'm laughing in many of them. I'm happy. Um, I'm playing with the kids. There's all the kids at Christmas. Hmm. Um, And then there's my picture in kindergarten, which was my school picture, which told a very, very different uh, of a different child from the one that was going to school and having to interact in a um less controlled environment. And the picture of me from kindergarten shows a little girl who um, will not look up at the camera. She has dark eyes, pale skin, little brown pigtails, cute as a button, but she is obviously unbearably sad wow okay there's no smile and we've all seen the kindergarten pictures where the kids are all grinning at the camera or they're hamming mm-hmm. it up a little bit or maybe they're angry they didn't get what they wanted in their lunch they tend to have a, a projective expression versus a more introverted one and clearly i was trying to withdraw and i've had um many many people remark on that when i showed them the picture they said well what was wrong that day <laughs> uh, no it, it was the day ending and why and i was at school yeah. That, that That's how reality simply is. And that was, uh, I think it was that first grade, um, was when I first started having the, um, I really can't pull a voice in my head. It was words, it didn't sound the way the rest of the, you know, I said to myself, self, it didn't sound quite like that voice. Um, it certainly was not a hallucination, but it was a clear form thought of, you really don't deserve to live. Wow. You should you need to be dead everyone else would be so much happier if you just weren't here they, w- they wouldn't be having all this trouble they wouldn't be suffering the way they are if you were not here to be making things worse or causing more problems
0: so in kindergarten you had suicidal ideations
1: um, yeah i would say it's more of a um a death wish than an wow. act of suicidal i didn't have plans for a while it was always more passive Although I'm often a more passive personality to begin with, to so just kind of go with the flow, so that may be a reflection of that. But it was very, very early, and uh, we didn't watch horror movies. We did. This is back in 1975, 76. Um, so my my um, Saturday morning cartoons were filled with Davy and Goliath and Gumby and Bugs Bunny. Um, we didn't watch scary movies at home. Um, I think the big thing for us was um, we were very excited because Pong came out. We could play the little video game with the tennis on the TV screen with the dials. Um, so there, there wasn't a lot of the same media influence that we see with kids today um, to justify someone saying, oh, well, she saw that somewhere. No, I, I really didn't. It wasn't there. There, there oh. was no intrusive outlet or, or, or influence yeah, um, so
0: just I'm just I'm just curious because I'm sure the listeners will be curious too. So, I mean, yeah, we've got, what, about 50 years worth of a story ahead of us. But what happened then? You were having suicidal ideations. What happened? Did you tell um, anybody? Did no. anybody...
1: No, I did not tell anybody. I, I absolutely could not tell anybody. I and knew. That's
0: continued that way until you in your thirties, so you did not get any help. So, did you make? Did you have any suicidal attempts with all that those was over those years?
1: Um, much later, I did. Yes, um, I was in my very late teens. Um, I had gotten married and I was living alone, far from home, while my husband was away at work. He was in the army and he had been um, deployed for two weeks for training maneuvers um and that was a um very difficult time. Um, I was more isolated than I was used to being with um absolutely nowhere to go in a small town that had a population of maybe three or four hundred people.
0: So you did actually attempt suicide?
1: Yes I, I had a gun to my head.
0: So was there any point where you maybe I'm just asking out loud got medication or got to see a doctor to talk to someone eventually how did that how did how did you go from that kindergartner which was happy one day and you know suicidal the next and then all the way through the 30s at any point did you get therapy medication even if you didn't speak to someone did you speak to make it, maybe a counselor
1: um when the army found out that one of their um, soldiers watched I had um, been struggling with suicide because um, I had mentioned it in passing to, to someone um, thinking it was a relatively normal thing um, and that I had been like, considering maybe using the pistol. Um, the army got me into in front of a psychiatrist very, very quickly.
0: Very good. Did that there, help?
1: There was one. Oh, absolutely not. Not in the slightest. Not even a tiny bit. Because if there's one thing I had learned is that when you get called up in front of an authority figure, you need to shut up and deny a problem. Oh. No, everything's fine. I just, I had a bad night. I don't know what came over me. No, I don't have a plan. I'm really, it's, it was just a low spot. I'm really sorry to cause all this trouble. Um, and that was, um, the, the trip on the way to the psychiatrist itself was problematic because my husband was furious with me that I had gotten him in trouble with the Army.
0: Oh yeah. So you had okay, to deal with that but,
1: too. Yeah, that too. And he he mm-hmm. he was a delicate snowflake that needed a whole lot of stroking. That marriage did not last long at all. Um, but so, that aside, uh, it was um it was not until it was in my thirties that I actually went out and sought help for depression. Wow. I didn't really mention being suicidal because I didn't want to get locked up. And when you're going through county health, if they think you're a risk for yourself, um they will make or act you and put you in the hospital, and I could not afford that at that time because that would have resulted in my being homeless. I was the only one working. I was paid hourly. There were no benefits. There was no insurance. There was um, even had there been FMLA, it doesn't pay. And if I missed two days of work, I would be evicted because I would not be able to afford the rent.
0: So eventually, um, I'm just going to say, because you're talking to us, which is great, we, we see, we hear you, we appreciate you sharing your story. So from that time when you eventually sought help and actually got treatment for depression up until now, what has helped really over the course of your lifetime? What have you found that has kept you still here? Because that is a long time to have suicidal thoughts that's a very long time so what do you think has helped you up until where we are now
1: well until about um 13 or 14 years ago it was a very very long slow grind of I just have to survive today Mm. I had um one good friend here and there um like every year through school I could have one reliable friend I wasn't allowed to have more for some reason um it just I wasn't clicking that well and um in my 20s, I found um, science fiction fans and I found uh, the Dungeons and Dragons fans and, and gamers. Mm. And I found that they were a little more accepting of people who just didn't automatically get how you're supposed to act.
0: Mm.
1: Okay, that they accepted um, weirdness and quirks and um, maybe being um, distressingly honest um, without a whole lot of um, the social lubrication that we're used to having in a more neurotypical environment. Most people Mm -hmm. tend to understand that you've got to lead with a question or backpedal a little bit or frame something very softly.
0: Differently, yes. yes. And when
1: you have to present something, it's unpalatable. Um, And I've never always understood why stating a simple preference, like I don't like eggs. No, thank you. I don't like eggs is somehow unbearably rude to say. And I didn't understand that at all. So I'm finding that people who agreed with me, no, that's not rude, it's not all fluffy and you didn't pretty it up, but it's not rude. It isn't like you said, oh, ew, eggs, and threw it at them. You just stated that you don't like them. Um, And so having that little bit of membership, that little bit of a tribe um, helped a lot to get me through that one day at a time. And it would shift back and forth over the years as these things do, people move, people fall out of one fandom and and get taken by another hobby or interest, and it kind of consumes them a little bit, and I would drift along with that. And um, then I made my latest move to where I live now, and I found a much more, um, a larger and more diverse community of fans.
0: So it looks like um, there's one one thread I'm seeing here is you just had to, I mean, I guess it just took you that long to find the right fit of people. But once you did and once you've done now, you are at a much better place and I'm assuming. It's
1: a very large part of it. Um, Mm -hmm. Another large part of it was that I finally realized um, in a way that I could express and accept in myself that I'm not here to please other people. And yeah. if they are not pleased with my existence, that is not my problem. And it took me until I was um, 38, 40 years old to realize that. My entire existence had revolved around, but what if I make somebody angry?
0: I know. I and know. that
1: is absolutely critical. It is lethal. It is fatal. It kills people. Because can't you
0: can't, yeah.
1: um, and you can, of course, always go too far the other way okay, well, I'm not here to please anybody, so why should I ever please even a single person? I don't care what my family thinks. There, there is a too far.
0: So what do. would you say as far as, like, just trying to wind down, what would you say as far as what has helped you? Any one-liner, favorite quote, favorite kind of music, favorite podcast, favorite, I don't know, verse, Bible verse, something. What, maybe yoga, has anything, any one thing besides the community, which... Thankfully, you found, and that's amazing. But what about is there like a positive affirmation, a mantra, something that works for you?
1: I think the biggest thing that worked for me over the many, many years was that um, I always had my books. I was always able to read. I could always go to a library. Um, Now it's even easier online. Um, I could always find a book to read. And my greatest love has always been science fiction and fantasy novels. And the escapism is there, it gives me something where I don't need to think about all of the immediate things trying to eat me. Um, But there's still stories about how humans interact and how relationships evolve. Um, They're they're not always um, fluffy candy, they're not always sweet, they don't always have good endings. But what they do is they demonstrate for me, oh, I've actually seen this, this is how people work. Well, maybe maybe that person who yelled at me, maybe it wasn't me. Maybe he has something else going on. And I could begin to project a better understanding that it wasn't all at me as an attack.
0: Was this maybe, is this realization coming from getting therapy or getting, or from hanging out with the science friends? Most of it
1: was from reading books. Or reading the books. Wow. Reading the books. I was- So you um, never really
0: got therapy at any point in time and not necessarily- Bashing therapy or not is just, I mean, for me
1: personally, I did not get any good therapy. I briefly saw oh. a therapist who told me I should wear makeup because when you look good, you feel good. And after about she four said, months, what when you look good, you feel good, and if you wear makeup, you'll feel better. And so after four months, I did a test and I came in um, wearing reasonably neat clothes. And I actually had my hair up in a style instead of simply down around my shoulders. And I had some make on. And she's there, see? Look at how much better you are. You don't need to see me anymore.
0: I can't even believe that they said that. Is that even legal? Like,
1: what? I don't no wonder have any idea. I do know a large number of people who have benefited tremendously from therapy. Um, My daughter's therapist, many years later, was um, worlds um, different from the one that I saw. So finding a therapist that you're going to to have some chemistry with and understand well, I would say, is absolutely vital. If you're not feeling like you can open up to your therapist and that they understand you, find another therapist. They're not all out of the same cookie-cutter mold. You know, they're, they're I'm all so glad robots. you
0: mentioned that because I had another guest earlier today who actually, without knowing it, she planted that idea in my head. I think I had already thought about it, but she put it in nice words. She said something, something in the same line as finding, so finding the right therapist. And So I'm going to have an episode, one of my monologues, that is going to be about finding the right therapist. Because obviously, that is a major bona fide part of this whole, if you're going to get better, if you're not... <laughs>
1: Absolutely vital, because one of I am convinced that one of the primary drivers for suicidality, as opposed to less complicated forms of depression, is that sense of isolation and disconnectedness. And if you reach out and you can't connect, and then if you're forced to reach out, and in many ways, if we're seeing a therapist, we are impelled by something to reach out and see this one person who you're not clicking with, it only exactly. undermines, it, it mm-hmm. completely underscores how isolated you are.
0: Even worse, it, yes, yes. yes it's,
1: well, I told you the whole time that the problem was I don't fit in, and look here once again. Here's proof, and it becomes a, a self-fulfilling refrain Almost. that carries on,
0: mm-hmm. yes.
1: and it is lethal.
0: So, um, today, especially in teens. Yes, I was just—I was just going to say because, as an adult, you—you told us how hard it is. Even today, as an adult, imagine a teenager who, by nature of being a teenager. Already just you're isolated. I don't know if the hormones. I, I was a teenager, I felt the same way as like nobody understands me, nobody likes me, nobody, nobody anything me as a teenager. That's how they feel, that's how I felt. So, yeah, imagine if you now throw in the wrong doctor or the wrong counselor, or the wrong therapist. I mean, imagine, well and then, and then the you mirror. can't
1: change. Teens are much more trapped than adults. An adult can say, "You know, this isn't working out. Please refer me." Exactly. A teen is at their parents' mercy, who may not understand or may not be getting good feedback from the therapist, mm-hmm. and they are very trapped. I have to go talk to this guy again. What if I can just can I just doodle the whole hour away because I'm not getting anything else out of this?
0: And <laughs> I'm just very- hoping that my future patients that are going to come to see me will feel a little bit better about that. I'm I'm having them see me virtually on this cell phones and by FaceTime and all that so I can be where they are because I know that actually will help a lot
1: that will help a lot because a therapist's office frequently feels just a bit like the principal's office
0: (laughs) for one whole hour
1: (laughs) and it is not the most comfortable place to feel like you are safe and secure because as a patient we're in someone else's space
0: so the good news is the good news is what she said every now and again, you do, you do find the one therapist that works for you and hallelujah, Jesus, God, Allah, you are going to at least chill with them until they quit or they sell, (laughs) they sell their practice and move or you get older and move. or Something happens, but at least there is light at the end of the tunnel, as long as you find said tunnel. So I'm happy. I think this is probably a good place um, to call it, a day for two days interview. And then, you know, we talked about this during our icebreaker. I know you're going to come back back. Like, I love your ideas. I love you already. I haven't even known you for two days, but I just love your ideas. I love the fact that you're able to see both sides, and that's great. You know. Thank you.
1: I'm more than happy to come back. I you have, have not any so final hard. words for
0: today's only
1: I have worked so hard all of my life to understand how, people interact Um, and I've struggled for it very much Um, and I've had to decode very simple things and it's almost a compulsion with me to put that that I've learned out there and explain it so that maybe somebody else won't have to suffer quite that much.
0: And that is my dream and my hope for this podcast that people will learn. A
1: lifetime of work that I would just as soon see someone else benefit from maybe a little earlier.
0: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So we're going to end on that note. And um, we're definitely, there's no question in my mind that Miss Wendy is going to be back and she's going to be back and she's going to be back. And I'm hoping and praying that the podcast lasts forever. So we'll have enough time to get all of of the nuggets that she has to offer. Thank you so much, Miss Wendy.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Lulu.
0: Thank you so much again. And thank you so much, listeners. And remember what I always say Parenting is a hard job. It's, it's, it's no, there's no joke about that. But it's also the best job you ever can do as long as you can tune in the right wavelength with your children, especially with your teenagers. Right, Miss Wendy? Absolutely. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other and be kind to one another. Thank you so much. Peace. Oh